Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. It is Brandon Deutsch and Jihei Wiley today. Brandon, how are you doing? I know you had yesterday off, and uh, we're going to talk about it later, but um, you were probably happy slash not happy about that Niner win? Yeah, I mean, yeah, just us today. It's You know, it's a weird situation. A win is a win. It's tough to win on a weekly basis in the NFL. At the same time, it's like, Okay, we just needed a win. Um, wasn't pretty. The defense is obviously going to need to. I mean, if Jared Stidham looks like Jesus against them, they're going to have a tough time against the Eagles in the playoffs if they make it that far. And speaking of that, I'm the biggest Giants fan in the world this weekend <laughs> because if the Giants <laughs> defeat the Eagles and the Niners defeat the Cardinals, then the Niners get the first round by a situation where we were like, okay, the Eagles had this in the bag just like three weeks ago two losses in a row and now oh man i hope the g-men do it i know they're locked into the three seed but dable man one of my favorite people in the world for not playing the reserves this weekend yeah no i mean that that was the big question mark right like are you going to play the reserves are you going to play your starters like you know i i like his balls to the walls attitude yeah. so good good on him for that i um I'm just stoked that we made the that we made the playoffs because I wasn't expecting this yeah. this year. I was expecting it the following year, um, when hopefully we knock on wood get a new quarterback. But um, yeah, and I know everybody's really really high up on Danny Dimes and let's keep him. To, uh, I'm I'm just not one of those people. I agree uh, with you, but yeah. that's a whole separate conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But um, yeah, you know, I it, it is theirs to lose. I have never in my life. I, I shouldn't say never. I said this yesterday and I will keep saying it. Philly needs their quarterback back. They just do. And I've ne- I never thought, I, I thought the Minshew could handle this for at least like, you know, three weeks to just try and help them out Yeah, and keep them going at least just one win. Right. But now being Owen two after a, a major injury, like, I don't know guys like and he's still starting Minshew I believe <laughs> this weekend yeah. I mean it should be because think about it you don't want to screw with Hertz's arm even if you yeah. get the like worst comes to worst you get the two seed right because they right. beat the Vikings they can't be less than the two seed because they beat them head to head right um then okay congratulations you get to play the Packers at home and you just want Hertz healthy for that game and the Packers have been playing good football you know, yeah momentum is on their side you can't, for sure. you can't count out Aaron I mean it's crazy it's like him and Brady it just anytime you want to start talking bad about them they just prove you wrong and they'll yeah. both be in the playoffs and those are two teams 
that a lot of people don't want to face if the Packers win. Of course, the Lions are a good football team. They could beat them. And then the Seahawks could be in as well, which is a whole different situation if they beat the Rams. Um, at the same time, you're right, Jihei. I mean, the Eagles got to play this safe. You have an MVP, a guy that, I mean, it was more serious than people gave it credit for, his shoulder injury. Wasn't it like, was it a separated shoulder? It wasn't a separated shoulder, but he had, uh, he had an so. impi- like a serious impingement on his on his shoulder. My, but, my, my issue, though, with this is that don't you want first place in the division? Like, don't you want it? <laughs> Yes, but like you got to trust. I mean, at this point, do you want to put Hertz back on that field? Let's say Hertz plays, you still lose. Like then you're screwed. If right? He, like, no, 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 you know no. What I'm saying I get the ramifications of playing Hertz and and you could you know, win with Minshew. You don't know, you know. Like I mean, I mean, you up, haven't been winning lately. Yeah, but they almost beat the Cowboys. Almost doesn't make. I know, but then the Cowboys win. looked awful against the Titans, right? Yeah, I, I don't know how anybody can take... Can we talk about the Cowboys for a second? I know Arash thinks they're going <laughs> to the Super Bowl, but maybe he's changed his mind by this <laughs> point. This. But I mean, Dak threw two picks against the reserves of the Titans. They didn't play anybody in that game, and he threw two picks. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, when they go up against Tampa, I said this, what did I say three weeks ago? Tampa will beat them yeah. at home in the playoffs in the first round. Yep. And people called me crazy. And I'm like, well, I, I, I just think Tom Brady will find a way to beat Dak Prescott at the end of the day. As good as Micah Parsons and the Cowboys defense is. There's as, only so much they can do. As, yeah, as bad and disoriented as the Bucks' offense is half the time and defense for that matter. Winners find a way to win. And Dak just simply isn't a winner. I hate yeah. to say it. I no, hate to I say agree. it. I mean, he has his whole career to prove everybody, including me, wrong. But he's proven in big games. He just does not step up. And that's a problem. I mean, <sighs> But I, I've never believed in Dak. I think that he has, you know, that Dallas Cowboy curse where yeah. he comes in, he looks like he's going to be the star, and then you, you know, cut to, he's just not the one. I don't it's think like it's entirely just, his fault either, no. because I feel like anybody that would play the quarterback position for the Cowboys because of that culture of elitism and like we need to win every single year. It's similar to the Lakers, except the Lakers actually won a win. title a yeah. couple years ago and they find a way to win one to two titles every 10 years. But like the anybody, it's not just Dak. If it was Cooper Rush, we'd be like, Cooper Rush isn't a winner. He'll choke in big games. Like anybody who plays quarterback, it's not even yeah. Dak's fault. He's just a cowboy. That's his fault. Yeah. He's on the Cowboys, right? Yeah. And it's just a culture of choking, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the... Uh, this might not ha- have happened, but the Cowboys might have sold their soul in the '90s so they could have those rings, and yeah. now they're paying the price for the for the last thirty plus years, right? Absolutely. Like of losing and choking and not being able, and barely being able to make the playoffs um, yeah. some years in some years past. So, I, and again, I just I wish that the fire was back with um, with the NFC East, where it did not matter if you were playing or not playing for something. You did not want to get beat by your rival, I'll, especially with the Cowboys. I'll give you this. If the if the Vikings, I mean, if the Niners win this week and the Vikings are locked into the three seed, right. they play the Giants. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, the Giants would beat the Vikings. I think it would be very close, but the Vikings are not a good football team. They, they, I mean, they've literally, I guess in the sense, okay, they win close games. Congratulations. Their point differential is like minus 20. They're the only team with a winning record <laughs> that has a completely minus point differential. 
which is insane. They're yeah. 12 and four. How are they 12? You know, their defensive ranks and pass defense. Isn't it? Really 32nd. Yeah. The worst in the league. Yeah. I was about to say their D. I know that their D is, I don't want to say garbage, but they're garbage. <laughs> like they're, they're not a great D it's their offensive prowess and their, their coach <laughs> yeah, that, that kills it. It's kind of, no I, offense. I, I, it's kind of like your Trojans, man. Like yeah, the defense yeah. is, is horrible, but oh, the gosh. offense keeps coming back. What an abysmal game. And I know you guys recorded the show before that game happened yesterday and I, we can get into that. I want yeah. to stick with that in a fall though right now and just say like um jair alexander what he did to to justin jefferson and locking him down every time he plays oh, him sick. somebody needs to take notes yeah because i'll give you this if the niners play the vikings if the vikings win they play the niners two three whatever the niners cannot guard elite receivers they just can't they don't have the corners to do it their whole defensive dominance and you ask gar are you concerned as a niner fan because of that game well they 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 got just dominated by DeAndre Hopkins. Even in the game, they won 40 to 10 against the Cardinals early on in the year. They got dominated by Devontae Adams on Sunday. Any elite receiver like Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, like if you if they make it to the Super Bowl and you got Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, or you know, even Travis Kelsey, who's a de facto receiver, basically, they can't guard those people. The Niners' success is on is contingent upon rushing the quarterback getting pressure and creating turnovers and hard hitting right in press coverage. So it's like they have elite linebackers and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, the best in the league. They have the best, I think the best defensive line in the league just because of Nick Bosa and their corners like Shavarius Ward isn't bad. Like he's good against mid receivers, you know, against like guy, not mid, but like high end receivers that aren't elite, right? Aren't the elite of the elite. Like, yeah, he locks them down. But when he goes up against an elite receiver, that's what happened. So I, I hope the Giants can take notes and really, because I know cornerback has been a weakness for them this season. Well, I really defense in general has been a, a weakness, and that's why us. that game's a toss up. But if yeah. they can really hold, I know this sounds crazy, but if they can hold Justin Jefferson to under 150 yards, <laughs> they should probably win. I know that's crazy to say hold them under 150 yards, but I just don't. Kirk Cousins is a career choker. He is. And I'm not, we haven't seen Daniel Jones in the playoffs, have we? Nope. I mean, I this mean, is the first time the Giants have made the playoffs in six years. And it's not even him. Like Daniel Jones literally just has to be a game manager. He just has to be like Brock Purdy. Well, I mean, know? this is the reason why I love Dabo. I'm not, I'm putting all my chips in for Dabo. I am not putting all my chips in for um, Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones is a product of Dabo. It's the yeah. only reason why he's playing so well and he looks so good. Put him on another team. He He'll will show terrible. you that he's terrible. So yeah. it's all coaching right now. It is all coaching. Um, I wanted to ask you, so you still have faith that you guys are going all the way. You're going to win the Super Bowl. Cause I, I never on, said that. I mean, I said that they have a, they the have a good Bowl. shot. Um, no, no. I just said the Cowboys won't make it. Yeah, no, no. And I'm talking about your Niners. Winning <laughs> oh, the, the Niners. Thing. I mean, it's certainly, I mean, I think it would be, it would be, um, foolish for people to say they're not the favorite out of the NFC right now. Just the way they've, I mean, they've won not in the NFL. They've won nine straight games. No, I know I, they got drilled by the Chiefs, but they had 10, 10 injuries to their defense that game. Christian McCaffrey played only 11 snaps. I would, I think it would be foolish to not say, especially if they get the one seed, if the one seed, if they get the one seed, they might as well just stay in Arizona. I'm just asking, I'm only asking you this because of last week's game. Oh, I'm not worried. I, I mean, I like, there's some, they've, they've done this the last couple of weeks. People forget against the commanders went through two touchdowns in the final, like two, two minutes of the game. Like as long as Brock Purdy in that offense can score 35 points a game, they're just not losing. If someone finds a way to shut down their offense, 
they'll lose unless they can go unless it's a Packers type game in the NFC playoffs last year was like 14 to 10 and they barely win right like people forget everyone's saying Brock Purdy can't lead him to a Super Bowl I mean Jimmy Garoppolo threw 133 yards in an interception no touchdowns in that Packers game and they still won like Brock Purdy raises their ceiling more than Jimmy Garoppolo because he's a better quarterback he just is at the end of the is he a better game manager no is he a better can he read defenses better than Jimmy Garoppolo no and you saw that was evident with that interception against the Raiders that was just a bad interception underthrown but he's more talented you know he's more talented so I mean I I'm not saying that they're a shoo-in to go to the Super Bowl but it'd be foolish to consider them not the favorites in the NFC the way the Eagles have played the past couple of weeks and that could be subject to change if the Eagles get the one seed because you're still asking Brock Purdy if he gets two wins in the first couple rounds to then go in the NFC championship to Philadelphia which is a hostile environment and win which is very tough so I would still say the Eagles are probably the favorite in in the NFC NFC if they get the one seed. whoever gets the one seed is the favorite in my opinion. Okay. Do you like just favor to make the Super make Bowl? The Super Bowl not win, not win. Gotcha. Because I still think like now the Bills, and I know we're going to talk about Tamar Hamlin in such a sad situation, but if the Bills get the one seed, they're probably going to the Super Bowl as good as Josh. I know they have a lot of flaws, but I just feel like the whole, the whole city's behind them. Buffalo's yearned for a, for a Super Bowl in a long time. I think this is the year they make it. I really do. If they, if the Bengals can beat the Chiefs, the Bills will be going to the Super Bowl for sure. I mean, the Chiefs are the Bills kryptonite. Oh, absolutely. No, you know? I, I'm no doubt on that one. No question mark whatsoever on that one. Um, obviously, there's a question mark on Demar Hamlin right now. Um, Such a sad players. situation. It's really, really, really sad. Um, I mean, this is when we all just have to take a breath and a beat and just be like, everybody's human and this is insane. Um, also, wanted to shout out Stefan Diggs, man. What a teammate. Yeah. What a teammate yeah. to drop everything in which no offense. You should, this, this is a, we are the, or remember the Titans kind of moment where you yeah. drop everything and you go and yeah. you, you be by that person's side. And he wasn't going to be granted access into the hospital. They were like, yeah. no, you can't come in. And it's like, dude, I gotta see my man. Like that's my teammate. Like well, you guys don't understand it, these, these guys are family with one another. It's not just that though. Like I was so impressed and, and just, admirable of the sports community last night all coming together and just kind of saying you know like as big of a game this is that doesn't matter it doesn't it didn't matter it was it's his health that matters that mattered it still matters and that game was pointless like even if they never play that game again okay they get they get 16 games each and it doesn't affect either seating right because they just play one less game Right. I mean, it doesn't really I mean, will they replay it? Probably that's a conversation the NFL needs to have later on. But I just don't see when they're going to replay that game. But it doesn't. The point is, it doesn't matter right now. What matters is Damar Hamlin's health. And it's just I very admirable about the whole sports community coming together saying, look, this game doesn't matter. It's about his health. And we, we don't care about football right now. Yeah, it's, it's more of a family. Yeah. Right now, it's I a mean, tragedy. It, what happened? It's so sad. I mean, that. Your heart just goes out to the family. Do you think, and this might be a little taboo to ask, but do you think that if we were, if the same thing happened maybe like 10 years ago, that they'd still be playing the game? Um, yes. And, and there's yeah. a couple of reasons for that. Look, you're talking about the same NFL 10 years ago that was completely quieting Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee, which was, in my opinion, ridiculous. I think people have a right to their opinion. Um, in their stance and I have full support of the veterans in the United States of America. And I'm someone who's saying like, look that he had a right to do that. He was obviously unhappy with the, 
political and, and just turmoil in this world. And the NFL tried to shut him up. They, they, they blackballed him pretty much. They, you know, he, he wasn't allowed opportunities. And at that point in his career, I think it's also important to note, he wasn't that great of a quarterback. And that's another thing people say like, oh, you know, he was elite. No, that was like Ka- Kaepernick two years before that situation. Um, at the same time, that was admirable. And the NFL kind of put that to the side. And even Goodell came out this year, last year and said, look, we were wrong about that. We should have given, you know, we should have handled that situation better. And I think that whole situation prepared Goodell and the NFL to really think about, even though they wanted to play that game, because, you know, it's a money-making business. They really wanted to finish that game. It was the highest ticketed price of the season, right? Like it was the most anticipated football game of the season. Its own, its own day, Monday night football, huge stakes. This is the one seeds on the line. And, you know, I think that whole Kaepernick situation, although it was less egregious, obviously, taking a knee versus someone almost dying on the frickin' football field, it prepared the NFL to say, look, like, we're not going to make the same mistake by playing this game um, that we made with Kaepernick, like, blackballing him and, you know, treating this, the whole NFL, like, like these, these like a money making exactly, kind of thing. exactly. Yeah, so I think it prepared the them to really say, okay, we'll figure this out later. Like these guys can't play football; they're emotionally not there, and they made the right decision. You know, that's off to the NFL for doing that. They finally did. Yeah, and I agree with you, G. Hey, I mean, mental health is now farther along. It's more accepted now than it was ten years ago. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Even when you were playing sports and in college and high school growing up, it was completely different versus oh my God, now. It's, yeah, it's a suck it up mentality. You know, when I when I was growing up, like it wasn't like it is right now. Like, I mean, you still, and don't be wrong. You still have people that are going to be like, well, you should still play the game. I'm like, dude, sometimes it, like <laughs> life is a little bit more important like, than, than, a, than a game. Yeah. Like life is a little bit more important than a game. Like yeah. let's, let's take some stuff into perspective and, you know, take a step back. Um, especially since the, like, yes, <laughs> it's a sport, but this is a job for some of these guys as well. Right. Yeah. So like you spend, 99.9% of your time with your your job people, like the people that you work with. Like I spend more time with you than I spend probably with my boyfriend, yeah, right? No, it's and true. the fact that you're spending more, that these people become part of your family, especially, you know, when it's a game as emotional as, as football and team oriented as football. So for them to continue to play, there's no way. There's no way on God's green earth I would ever. I, I would want the same thing. I'd be. Like, I was glad. Suspe- I was glad the they suspe- I would have felt Absolutely. sick if they restarted yeah. that game. And I feel like most people were in agreement on that. And that's yeah. not even the common fan. That's not something. There's a whole like perception of athletes that's changed over the past ten years, and that's that they're human. They're like us. And thankfully, fans and, and people that you know we played the sport at a high uh, sports at a high level, but we were athletes. But people also like that are just fans are starting to see them as human. And 10 years ago, it was like, no, they're like, treating them like animals, you know, like, yeah. Oh, go play the sport for my enjoyment. Yeah. And the NFL was in agreement agreement of that because it was a money-making business. And I feel like now it's kind of changing and we're more acceptable um, of the emotions of yeah. athletes. And that's very important for the future of our world in general. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, speaking of the future, future of the Clippers. I know, I know, I just went from like something so great, so bleak to uh, another bleak thing. But at least it's you know somebody's yeah. life is on the line on this one. So, uh, speaking of bleak, yeah, man, I just where do they go from here? Like, because uh, this is if this is them healthy ish. Yeah, this is scary. This yeah. is scary. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. I mean, Grant calls Ty Lue a 
basketball terrorist. <laughs> well, I, would <laughs> I don't know if far. I agree with that. But, I wouldn't go that far. But, <laughs> but the rotations are questionable. When, yes. when Robert Covington doesn't even play and he's one of your best defenders, you just extended him. <clears throat> and Terrence Mann, sorry about my throat. No, okay. Terrence Mann, <laughs> I mean, finally gets some minutes, but... Kawhi Leonard has some mysterious illness and doesn't play. I mean, we know that was load management. We know it wasn't an illness. I mean, maybe it was, but I th- maybe it was a light cold. But let's be real. It was load management. He circled that game and was like, yo, like, I'm not going to play this game, right, early right. on in the season. Like, he's managing himself. There's a lot the Clippers need to figure out. They have the basis of a good team, but their defensive ratings down to six. It was third a couple of weeks ago. They need to play better defense and they need better shots. It seems like every single possession. What is Ty Lue doing on offense to create shots? They're not getting any good shots. Zero. The whole game. It's like, give the ball to George, get out of the way. Marcus Morris, he'll shoot like a a 22-footer right inside the three-point line and a terrible shot. And half the time it goes in, you're like, why would he shoot that? But hey, he made it. And then half the time it's like, worst shot I've ever seen. Right? And then Reggie Jackson and John Wall, why are they on the court late in the game? Why? Yeah, why is he not playing Reggie? Like, I just... I, no, why are they on the court late in the game, is my opinion. Right. Play Paul George at point guard. Those guys can't play defense. You need defense at the end of games. I, I mean, this is the at the point... We're, we're at the point in the season right now, though, that do games matter? Do games not really matter? You know what I mean? Like, are... are where, where are we getting to that? When do we get to that point, finally, where you're like, okay, it's time to start winning? Like it's time to start really winning and, and worrying about your seating and worrying about, you know, where, where you're going to be at in this, in the season. Right. So what, when Absolutely. do they start doing that? Cause uh, I mean, at some I think point the, they do. I mean, I think the time has kind of passed in my personal opinion. If you want to have at least like a, what, a five, six, well, what, what seed is, do you want? I'm not saying it's completely out yet. I know we don't have time here, but like Boston turned their season around around this time. So they kind of need to do it soon. Yeah, I feel like it needs to be sooner than later. Well, let's leave it there for now. And when we come back, we will be joined by Mr. Dave Smith, the sports god himself. When we return on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, guys, if you have a question, comment, concern, or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Okay. It is that time to go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline. Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no ads, no autoplay videos, just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. Here he is. 
the sports god himself, Mr. Dave Smith. How we doing there? I'm good, boy. No wash again. How, how much do you want right? to bet? He's, how much do you want to bet? He's rooftop in Las Vegas drinking mimosas right now. <laughs> I, I guarantee you. Maybe not in, not not this early. No, no. Not, um, well, no. He. I believe he's. Is he back in Vegas or is he in da- in I Dallas? Think he's in so, Dallas. Yeah, I think he's still in Dallas. Oh, he's. Oh, that's right. He's covering the Cotton Bowl. Okay. Same thing. Rooftop at mimosas <laughs> wherever he is. Yeah, you know. You know what? I mean. God bless that man. If he if he if he can get get some rooftop uh, action, then good good on him. Um, Dave, I wanted to uh, start the show off, uh, start your segment off with the uh, Hamlin uh, tragedy that happened last night. Um, I, I just want to start with that so we can end and continue on with like happier news. Um, just wanted to know, yeah. uh, obviously, your reaction and um, you know uh, what you think is going on and um, how the NFL handled that as well. Well, thank God they got to him quickly. I, I know yeah. uh, the NFL, 90 minutes before every game starts, they rehearse and uh, they get out there and, and there's a dummy on the field and, and they see how quickly they can get out to him again, emergency services. Cause if they'd gotten to him a couple of minutes later, he probably wouldn't have made it. So the good news is, I guess they're saying he's in critical condition, but his vitals are good. He was breathing on his own and they, they put him in an induced coma, I think. So hopefully he's going to pull through this. Thank God. And you know, there was a, I was reading about a, a player in 1971 named Chuck Hughes with the, Detroit Lions. He's the only player that ever died on the field during an NFL game. He was walking back to the huddle after a play, collapsed right on his face and died. And it took forever to get medical to him. They had some doctor had to come out of the stands who just happened to be at the game. And they took away, they didn't have an ambulance at the field. It was the dark ages. And yeah. uh, if, if it was what we have last night, they probably could have saved him. So thank God they got to him quickly last night. Right. They, hopefully they saved his life. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I definitely hope that. Do you um, believe that the NFL made the right decision? in? Because I feel like if this was 10 years ago, maybe even five, I'm not going to lie on that one. If this was ten, five, five years ago, NFL would have kept playing. So do you think that they made? I think that they made the right decision. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you that. Yeah, well, and much to the NFL shame, what I just told you about in 71 with Chuck right. Hughes, after he was dead when they took him out on the stretcher, and they continued the game to its conclusion right after they got him off the field. So, yeah, but no, I, I think they made the right call, and I think it was probably good to wait. May, you get the players into the locker room for a half hour or an hour. Um, it had they gotten word from the hospital that he was stable and he was going to be okay, and then they probably would have continued with the game. But at that point, when he was critical, they had no choice but to, but to cancel the game. They had to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and Dave, my 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 whole thought on this situation was the perception of athletes has changed over the past ten years. In in my personal opinion, just you know, it used to be like they treated players like animals. I feel like now fans are kind of more they're just more accepting that they're human beings athletes right and they're more accepting of the situation i i admired the way the sports community handled this situation you know focusing on the on uh tamar hamlin versus the um the game and I, the game didn't matter at that point also the nfl i brought this up in the first segment after goodell admitted that he mishandled the kaepernick situation and kneeling and not you know kind of blackballing him from the nfl I think that prepared, you know, obviously completely different situations, but I think that is what prepared the NFL to, you know, postpone that game last night. Yeah. In my opinion. And also, 
I think it's a misconception. I wouldn't agree that Kaepernick's been blackballed from the NFL. He he's had three uh, he's had three offers to play since the kneeling thing, and he's turned them all down. I just I as far as he's concerned, I just don't think he wants to play. He wants to be an activist and uh, and more power to him. He wants to run for office in Northern California, but you know Denver and Seattle and Baltimore all offered him opportunities to play, and he turned them down after the kneeling. So I don't believe for a second he's been blackballed from the NFL. Well, t- I meant I meant originally blackballed before before exactly, you know. Yeah. The past couple of years, there's some difference, but I meant originally. My my I, oh, yeah. my my thought my my apologies for not making that. Clear. No, absolutely, you're right. Yeah, well, originally, um, but the NFL that caught him by surprise. They had no no idea how to handle that. But you know what the funny thing is, Marshawn Lynch, you know, long time with the uh, with the Seattle Seahawks, he'd been sitting down on the bench for years during the national anthem. <laughs> nobody noticed and nobody cared. But I guess Kaepernick going out front on the knee. That's the first time anybody really noticed. But Marshawn and I think some other players uh, remained seated during the anthem and. Um, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, who used to play for the uh, Denver Nuggets back 20, 25 years ago, he'd walk into the locker room uh, when the locker room started to play and refused to participate. So it wasn't the first time there were protests during the anthem with Kaepernick. Also, I would like to mention, this is not sports-related, Teddy or Teddy Mellencamp's father, um, John Mellencamp, has never ah. has never um, stood for the national anthem. He like thinks it's a hate crime or something like that, uh, kind of a song. So he's never. And this is I like, didn't know that. yeah, this wow. is an American treasured hero or whatever in the country, you know, rock star world. So take that for what you will. He's he's never stood for it. So I, I, I there's plenty of guys out there, you know, that won't that won't that will sit for it and believe that, yeah. that it doesn't apply. You know, it doesn't really apply to like their culture and stuff like that. So. I, I got it. I got it. Yeah, no. And Dave, I also wanted to ask about the 49ers and this was, you know, it's, it's our team now. Now, if the, if G is G men win this weekend against the Eagles, which is a tall task, but if they do and the Niners win, <coughs> excuse me, the Niners will have the one seed in, in a week's rest. And I think that's very important for them. What did you see, though, that concerned you about this team? Because defensively, I saw a lot of holes. Um, that whole game could have cost Amico Ryans a coaching job, uh, allowing Jared Stidham to look like Jesus and giving up 34 points. But some, <laughs> some I've noticed all year is that Shavarius Ward, as good as he was as a signing, and as much as he can lock down the mid to lower top-tier receivers, he couldn't cannot guard Devontae Adams. He couldn't guard... Um, anybody on the Chiefs early on in the season, he just can't guard elite receivers. Is that a concern going into the playoffs? Um, I mean, not really. I, nobody can guard Devontae Adams. That guy's great. He, he's going to make plays against anybody. And evidently, um, uh, the Patriots sort of kept Jared Stidham and not drafted Mac Jones, right? After watching the last game when he looked so good. But I, I'm not all that concerned. I know that, um, you know, you can't play great every week. You have off weeks. And the Raiders had a good game plan and burned him for a lot of plays and a lot of points. But the bottom line is they won the game. And they're sitting with a very good opportunity to be a number one seed throughout the playoffs. I'm more concerned about the last four minutes of playoff games and how Kyle Shanahan manages that clock and manages his timeouts. So that's my biggest concern. Shanahan on the sidelines late in games has been a disaster in postseason. Absolutely. We'll see if he can change that narrative. Obviously, it would help to have the one seed. The last time they had the one seed, they were in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. I wanted to now ask you about the Clippers. All right, the Clippers, there's been a lot of you know, criticism on Ty Lue's rotations over the past few games. And I agree. I don't know why Robert Covington doesn't play at all, despite him being one of the leagues, you know, a premier defender, uh, perimeter defender. 
Um, and then Reggie Jackson and John Wall staying in the game. They can't defend a parked car half the time. They're in the game, late in the game, and it's just like, man, they've lost some games they really should have won, Dave. What are your thoughts here on how Ty Lue can get this train rolling again? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Well, first of all, uh, the bottom line is they have to stay healthy because they have a very good roster. And uh, and when you have Paul George and, uh, and, and, and Kawhi especially out there healthy when the playoffs start, I think they might be okay. I don't think they're going to get to the uh, the finals or come out of the West, but uh, I think that's more important than anything, keeping those guys healthy. But, boy, you just get the feeling that's not going to happen to you. I just, and, you know, we always criticize Anthony Davis, and you know people call him street clothes Davis for good reason how soft he is. Uh, should we start calling Kawhi street clothes Kawhi? And he, he misses more games than he plays over the last three years. I am with you on that one, Dave. Yeah. I Davis has so played more games. Yeah, it's, I'm absolutely yeah. with well, you why on that one. Why doesn't Kawhi get criticized the way AD does? Well, also, also this illness, quote-unquote, he had yesterday, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I, I can almost, I, I think it's inferred that he circled that game on the calendar a couple weeks ago, and maybe he was feeling a little bit sick and was like, okay, I'm not playing tonight. I mean, how is that sustainable? I, we're getting into January and February, where if Kawhi doesn't play 15 or 20 games in a row, he's going to have serious injury concerns in the playoffs. I think the only reason why you're, you can't compare, or you people don't compare him to AD and don't call him street clothes is he's been doing this from the jump. So he's been doing this like, you know, when he was in San Antonio, he, he kind of sort of did this when he was in, um, in Canada. Like he's been doing this for a while. Right. So th- this, I think that might be the only reason, but I'm with you. We, we can totally start calling him street clothes. Kawhi. I'm very okay with it. <laughs> Right, I mean, yeah, and, uh, and they they said him. Uh, you see, general soreness as a reason for sitting. I know I sound like a get off my lawn guy right now, but you know the Showtime Lakers in the eighties and the Bird Celtics and all these teams. Over these guys played eighty games a year. All of them, all the superstars. They never took games off because it was a lot, and they were flying commercial and staying in regular yeah. hotels and not like private jets and five stars. And they're taking their nutritionists and their chiropractors and their masseuses <laughs> along with them. I've been missing so many games. These guys are. Uh, yeah, it's just a different kind of NBA, Dave. I mean, yeah, I can tell you this. Okay, I want to move on to the Lakers, and here's why. They've won two straight. The first time they've done that in a long time. For them to win two straight, LeBron had to have 40-plus in both games. He said, quote, sounds simple. I was scoring 30, and it wasn't working, so I tried 40-plus, and it worked. And he's done that in two straight games, and it worked. Obviously, it's not sustainable against really good basketball teams. They beat a really mid-average Hawks team, and then they beat, you know, that was an impressive win for them because they hadn't been able to beat a team of that caliber, even a middle-tier team in weeks. Um, and then they beat the Hornets, who they who beat them, surprisingly, uh, last weekend, like, a, like December 23rd, I think it was. What do they need to do to defeat the Heat tomorrow night and keep this rolling? Because I'll tell you this, the way the Heat are playing, if they can score, the Heat have problems scoring. They have the 25th offensive rating yeah. in the league or 26 or 7, something like that. If if they can't stop, and we, we know the Lakers, they haven't played defense since Davis went down. If they can't stop the Heat's offense, they are not winning that basketball game. 99% the Heat win that game tomorrow night, regardless of if LeBron scores 40-plus points. What do the Lakers need to do here in waiting for Davis to come back, who actually could come back as soon as next week? Yeah. 
Well, they weren't a great defensive team even with AD playing. They were down near the bottom of the league. They weren't any good defensively even with him. So, But uh, what they need to do is for LeBron to have another super, superhuman performance. Which, and, and by the way, what he's doing is absolutely incredible. I think 11 or 12 games since AD went down with that injury, he's averaged 36 points a game and shot close to 60% from the floor with a G League team around him and everybody knowing he's the guy and one doubles at him. At 38 years old and in his 20th year, what he he's doing is amazing over the last 11 or 12 games. But yeah, he's got to play a, another superhuman game and get some help from the Lonnie Walkers and the, uh, and the other guy at Russell Westbrook's of the world. But you know, Miami's not all that good. Are you impressed with them? Really? Do you, do you think no, championship contender? absolutely not. But at the same time, they play defense and if they play defense That's and if true. they score enough points, they'll beat the Lakers because <laughs> the Lakers need to outscore you to win at this point uh, in That's time. True. Also, what, what's wrong with Darvin Ham not starting Austin Reeves I don't get that I I know he had a bad couple of games but you're telling me Patrick Beverly's better than Austin Reeves right now absolutely not absolutely not I guess he wants to go defense but yeah Austin Reeves is a better player than than Pep I I don't know maybe an element of toughness or defense I don't agree with it either so but uh you know like the old saying it's who finishes the game not who starts it so if Reeves is in there in crunch time and at the end of games, I think that's more important. Well, because we know the two guard set of Schroeder and uh, Beverly is not sustainable late in the game on either end of the floor. No. So hopefully no. Reeves is in there for one of those guys. And Beverly, look, I'll give Beverly credit. He didn't play bad last game. He had like three blocks. Good for him. He hasn't had three blocks in like a century. So that's it feels like. So that's important. I wanted to ask you about last night's crazy NBA slate after the DeMar Hamlin situation went down where the sports world stopped. Donovan Mitchell, 71 points and 11 assists in overtime. Truly a remark. I know it took overtime. Still incredibly impressive. He scored 13 points in overtime. That was incredible. And then Clay Thompson, 54 points in overtime. Looking like like the old Clay Thompson. I mean, two things that nobody was even talking about. And for good reason. You know, people were trying to take sports off and think about Tamar Hamlin. But man, how impressive were those two performances for you, Dave? Yeah, Donovan Mitchell's really a good player. We saw that with Utah. And uh, Cleveland's general manager, Kobe Altman, and the coach, they've done a fantastic job there. Because remember, when LeBron left uh, the first time, they went down into the tank, and they were one of the worst teams in the league. Then when he left again, it happened. But look how uh, how they've rebuilt this team in Cleveland, even after LeBron left. Uh, they're a better team than the Lakers now, even without him. Uh, you know, dra- drafting Evan Mobley from USC and trading for Donovan Mitchell. And uh, I-, I like this team a lot, uh, this Cavaliers team. That's a team on the rise. So could to their front office and to their head coach. But Mitchell, uh, uh, part of the purge in Utah where Danny Ainge traded everybody away trying to get drafted. And by the way, um, reality starting to set in for the Jazz, isn't it? After that great start they had, and now they're under 500 and a 10 seed after trading all their starters away. I think the grind and the length of the regular season is, and the lack of talent is getting up to them. Absolutely. And, and back to Clay. Um, the Warriors, look, I've yeah. said this on the show. The Warriors don't play a lick of defense this year. They're 17th in defensive rating. They had to outscore the Hawks yesterday, um, who have an offensive rating of 20th. That's a whole different story. Their offensive rating was second last year. The Hawks are a, an abysmal team. How you go from second to 20th with a, arguably a better roster adding to Jonte Murray is beyond me. But yep. going back to the Warriors, people forget all of their title teams had a top 5 to 10 defensive rating, right? Pretty much all of them. Maybe the Kevin Durant one, I think, was the one exception that was like 12th or 13th, but still not bad. They're 18th in defensive rating or 19th in defensive rating this season. 
if they were to win the championship, which I think is far-fetched at this moment, even at full strength, they've been struggling defensively. Even when Curry was there, this is going to be the toughest challenge for them yet to win a championship. Yes. Am I wrong, Dave? No, you're absolutely right. Curry's never been a great defender, even when he was younger and at full strength. And Clay, um, he had a great shooting night last night with 54, but I think uh, I've been watching this team all year. He's lost a step. He's not anywhere near the defender or, or the explosive player he used to be. I, but how could he be? He's in his 30s now, and he's had an Achilles tear and an ACL. So I think Clay's lost a step or two. He can still shoot it, and he can still get hot like he did last night. But he's not the defender he used to be, and I think in large part that's why the uh, Warriors aren't the defensive team they used to be. And Let me ask you a question. Question here. Uh, James Weissman scored 30 points about a week ago against the Nets. He came off the bench. He had 30 points in about 25 minutes. The best game of his career. Next game, he played six minutes and didn't score, and, uh, and, and he's been playing five minutes, six Why are they jerking him around so much? He came in and played great. Why isn't he getting more consistent minutes? I, I don't know why Steve Kerr isn't giving him a chance to play a little bit more with these injuries. Yeah, and isn't he supposed to be the future of, of Golden State? Well, no, not the, it's more pool um, right now in Kuminga yeah, and Weissman. But, but they're yeah. still both young yeah look i i couldn't agree with dave more i'm i always admire steve kerr's rotations usually and you know his adjustments he's one of the greatest coaches in the nba there's no denying that at the same time dave you're right i mean weisman does a great job and then now kuminga's out last night and he barely plays right i mean it's like one of those things like why has he come back and didn't play last night i know he didn't play right he doesn't play right and they didn't even have kuminga last night he still didn't play i don't get it they sent him down to the g league earlier uh I, granted, you know, he he bounced around. I think he went to four or five different high schools when he was a kid, and he only played four college games, so he's inexperienced and he's raw. But he's a good player. What, you can't teach 7-1 and a good shooting touch and, and good hands and good feet and the ability to run and jump like he does. Uh, I just think they're jerking him around with the minutes too much. So put him out there let him play. I mean, and as much as I, I admire Anthony Lamb, there's no – why is he on the court instead of James Wiseman? Why? Why aren't you developing the young, talented players? And I admire a journeyman like Anthony Lamb getting to the league and, you know, providing perimeter defense. But you need to get Kaminga and Wiseman minutes because that is the only, and Moody, that's the only way they'll win a championship is if those guys develop and become very good players. Right, Dave? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. Maybe Nate Wiseman has a bad ad. I haven't heard anything like that, but I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe he's not a hard enough worker or a bad attitude. There's something about him that Steve Kerr doesn't like, but wow, that's a, you talk about an upside but with a seven footer who can run and shoot like that. Uh, I would definitely get him more minutes from the Warriors. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's all, cause a lot of times they keep that stuff in house. You know, all the drama that happened. Well, in except the room, punch. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, but that was on camera. <laughs> like somebody, somebody actually right. like physically leaked all that stuff. Like, you know, Wiseman maybe being a, a smart, uh, a smarty or whatever, uh, like to cur or something like that. That's not caught on film. So like those yeah. are things, again, those are things that are kept in house versus that punch. was. I mean, the only, he was, yeah. he was so raw and so yeah. inexperienced coming into the, he didn't know how to play. And that he had, he had quote motor issues coming into the NBA scout said like, you know, they question his motor, but you can't teach talent, Dave, right? Well, you, you can't, can't teach, teach talent. Did you watch that Nets game? Oh, man. He was racing up and down the court and blocking shots. And uh, you question his motor after that. He showed what he can do that night. 30 points in 25 minutes. <laughs> Speaking of the Nets, 12 straight games, 12, 12 straight wins. All of a sudden, a top 10 defense. I'll tell you this, Dave. Yeah. They haven't ever had a top 10 defense in Durant and Irving's tenure. If they continue to have a top 10 defense, 11 out of the last 12 champions have had a top 11 defense. They will have a chance. Am I wrong? 
last 30 seconds here. Absolutely. And you know what nobody's talking about? And it sounds funny to say this, but how good a fit Ben Simmons has been this year, especially during that winning streak, because he's guarding the other team's best player. And, you know, granted, he's like a 44% free throw shooter and he can't make threes. And the fact that he can't make anything outside of a layup, I think is an indictment on him and his organizations over the years. But he is a elite defender. He's been first team all defense a couple of times and he guards the other team's best player and that frees up uh, Kyrie and, and Durant to, to concentrate more on offense and he's getting assists and rebounds and moving the ball and uh, I think he's been pretty good this year for the Nets and I never thought I would say that about him again. <laughs> I mean well that's also why I think initially they wanted him on that um, on yes. the squad right? So well Dave thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy busy schedule. I know you're a busy man um, as of late so um, that is all the time we have for today guys Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is the Arash Markazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.